It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. And now it's time for two tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard and Josh Helmer. Oh no. It was Falling into the trap again. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Falling into the trap again on multiple fronts. If you're keeping up, the Scottish Open as we speak, round three moving day is underway across the pond as we are one week away from the Open Championship. And lo and behold, a couple of names that you expect to play well across the pond. Rory McIlroy is leading. He's got uh, just a couple of holes left to play, so he's uh, he's in front of Kim by one. And guess who's two strokes back? Mr. Tommy Fleetwood. I, I, I'm i not falling into the trap, but I think I'm falling into the trap. Brian, good morning. Oh, flip that button. Oh, there we go. It's been so long since I've been in the studio, Josh. I was, you know, had to do it from the from live from a golf course last week because <laughs> yes, I was did. on vacay, you know. We're actually on the course doing the show. How about that for a skill set? And you know what? It sounded very professional. Yeah. Everything was uh, everything was good. Yeah, it took some real timing in between shots. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I mean, we had to you had to gauge those, but yes. <laughs> Probably first ever show Done live on a golf course. So in segment, were you were you swinging away at times? No, 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 no. I got it timed like you were talking. I go on mute, boom. I mean, it. it I mean, it took some some work. I'm not wow. gonna lie. So the- I I had to you know to avoid all the wind noise. <laughs> I walked the entire ten holes that oh we were on goodness. the air. And it was oh probably about ninety degrees with about eighty five percent humidity. So. You know, we had a little bit of sweat work in there, Josh. It was probably, you know, one of the, the more strenuous workouts I've had in a bit. I had no idea that was going on. I know. I, I was waiting for you to go, hey, you know, uh, did I hear a golf shot? <laughs> no, I never <laughs> I did. got it. I think I got it on mute every time, you know. It was, uh, That's you funny. know, when you ride in a cart, it creates all that wind noise, and so I knew that was going to be a problem, so... I'm walking it, and you know, and my the guy I'm playing with, Doctor McBee, he goes, "Am I going to need an AED for you at some point?" <laughs> and it sounded great. I had no idea. Yeah. So what course were you guys playing? We were at Kiva Dunes in Fort Morgan, Alabama. It's a great shout out to to David, the head pro out there. Great track. He always takes care of us out there. You know, it's one of the uh, I think it is one of the top two or three resort courses in the entire state of Alabama. Obviously, you have the Robert Trent Jones Trail there that a lot of people go to that are open to the public. So is Kiva. And it's just a fantastic track. And, uh, 
you know, it was just one of those things that happened. There's no reception in a lot of the houses out there. So, you know, I was like, hey, we'll just do it from the golf course. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Well, uh, good morning. Glad to have you back uh, in studio. No no stress this week of uh, hitting the mute button and uh, hitting golf shots in between uh, moments in the show. So that part's that part's. And I'm relaxing. not sweating today. It's so <laughs> much better. You know, and the funny part about all that, Josh, is, is Marty goes, hey, you played actually better while you were doing the show than when you were actually concentrating. <laughs> Takes your mind off of things, right? You're just there, absentmindedly playing golf. There might be something to that. Something to that. Well, good morning. Glad to have you uh, back face-to-face. is is always nice, though. We had a, a great time at Norman uh, – regional in in more for again the uh, the boots and badges blood drive that was uh that was times two good to be a part of this summer the uh the trap we're falling into here or at least i'm falling into are you buying for either rory mcelroy or tommy fleetwood a sign of things to come next week at royal liverpool what's happening in the scottish open right here right now from renaissance club I think we've talked about this before, Josh. I, like you, have been suckered into the Tommy Fleetwood on every time I do a pool for a major. I'm like, this is his time to break through. Especially when you start talking Lynx golf. I'm like, all right, all right, he's, yes, he is. He's going to win this. And then never does. You know, like last last year I was in Vegas before all the majors. I bought a ticket. He was my long shot bet for the Masters. Yeah, didn't, didn't you win it. that Masters though? I I won. I had Scheffler at twelve to one. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. So you, I remember you. It was a nice little cash, as you say. You I, know, I knew you had the winning golfer, and uh, I, I, yeah, I couldn't remember if uh, if it was that major or if, uh, yeah, you had Fleetwood as a long shot too. That's pretty nice when long shot looks okay, and uh, obviously you get the. You get the champion right. You're well, in, you're I mean, in good standing. You're thinking Fleetwood at fifty to one. You know, for a twenty dollar bet's a thousand bucks. You know, so sure. it, it's not it's not stupid to just put twenty bucks on a long shot in in golf because you know any you know any number of probably thirty or forty golfers can win most of these uh, majors. So you know, it, but it's hard to pick a winner. I got really lucky, obviously. But uh, hey, we have a ton on the show today. Kelsey Klein coming up. Former OU golf star and friend of the show. I'm going to come up. We're going to talk live golf around 835. We're going to talk Taylor Gooch, who, oh my, what a year. What a year. And, oh, we have this Genesis Open, right? We do. So, hey, I find it interesting that it's okay. PGA Tour is behind this deal, right? But uh, not not any of the others, right, overseas. Well, we've had... An interesting week in the world of golf, and I mean, obviously, we've had an interesting couple of years in the world of golf, but this week with the Senate subcommittee meetings has been uh, pretty interesting with uh, Ron Price and company up there. So what do you need to know from the Senate subcommittee hearing this week? We can uh, let's take an opening timeout and let's dive into some of that because just to just to tease a little bit of it, you've got, I guess, in the original and not what wound up being the framework agreement, but some different versions of the original framework agreement. I guess there's been as many as eight different uh, proposals that were brought to the brought to the plate, and in one of said proposals, it had a Rory McIlroy, it had a Tiger Woods, 
signed up to uh, to get ownership stare, shares in live golf teams and then take part in 10 events. There's a bunch of other pieces to it. Obviously, this week, Rory McIlroy, pretty vocal in saying, yeah, uh, I'm not going to be uh, in any sort of ownership stake with live golf. But there's uh, a bunch to break down from the Senate subcommittee hearing. And, uh, I mean, gosh, I think there's so many questions that come out of it with, with Tiger, with Rory. Is this actually going to happen, the merger between the Live Tour and the DP World Tour and uh, obviously the PGA Tour? So there's probably, again, still more questions, Brian, I think, than answers, but some pretty interesting stuff this week in the Senate. Oh, it's it's like all of the other things surrounding the Live PGA Tour stuff the last two years. It, it, nobody seems to really know. So either we got some great liars – Oh, by the way, they're under oath, so I probably <laughs> not a good not idea. A lie. idea. But hey, then again, if you look what's happened uh, up on <laughs> on the hill, there's been quite a few people lie under oath with no repercussions, as we've seen. So you know, maybe that's not as frowned upon as it once was. But you know, some some great dynamics that we'll get into after the break. But I do, before we hit that break, want to thank. Norman Regional for being the great sponsor of KREF that they have been for many, many years. And I'm so glad that you were able to get out there last weekend, Josh, and help them uh, promote that blood drive because that's that's very important. And they play just such a key role in our communities here, both in the Moore and Norman communities with this brand new facility they've got out here on Highway 9. Obviously, you know, they're, they're doing some big renovations to the uh, health plex out there on Tecumseh Road. And I really feel like these guys are leading from in front instead of leading from in behind. You know, I think they've got the future of health in our community at heart. And so thank you greatly to Richie and all the leadership out there that have been, you know, just great supporters of this station and great partners to this community. Well, and it's probably worth mentioning, there, there's no boots and badges blood drive that we're broadcasting from this week, but the, the need for folks to go out and donate it doesn't go away magically because there's no boots and badges blood drive that we're broadcasting from this week. And remember, as we were singing the, the well, if you want to say singing the praises or just sharing the good word, spreading the good word last week, one one donation of uh, of blood can save as many as uh, three lives. So I mean, there's there's need and there's lives to be saved. Well, and to your point, Josh, you can go out. You know, a great partner in all this Oklahoma Blood Institute. You can go out to their website and find out. All the different opportunities they have because they have something going on most every single week where you have an opportunity to give blood here locally. The Scottish Open, it is the Genesis Scottish Open getting us set up for the Open Championship next week. But uh, instead of just diving only into that leaderboard, we got a bunch from the Senate subcommittee hearing this week and, and teased a little bit of it. Rory and Tiger, what are their ties to this deal? Well, right now we don't think any yet but could that change let's discuss next it's the gimme zone just underway right here on the ref back with you it's the gimme zone good morning everybody happy saturday out there oklahoma and beyond it's the uh well it's the ref's golf show right here i'm josh elmer alongside brian vineyard and <laughs> we've got plenty plenty of meat on the bone to uh, share with all of you this morning the uh the the big piece of news in the golf world is uh well multiple tentacles to it the senate 
subcommittee hearing in Washington, D.C. was, uh, well, it was underway this week to discuss the proposed deal between the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, which, uh, of course, is the financial backer of the of the, the Live Tour. So, Senator Richard Blumenthal from uh, Connecticut was the is the chairman of the committee and they had on hand PGA Tour chief operating officer Ron Price and board member Jimmy Dunn now <laughs> there were plenty of emails that we saw come out this week there were some WhatsApp messages that came out this week we got to see Brian w- without going through and reading verbatim every single email or WhatsApp message that's come out this week that we've unearthed. We'll share some of those with you as we progress throughout the morning, but uh, anything just in general terms, the communication, how it started between the Live Tour and the PGA Tour, anything strike you this week? Not really. I think, I you know, it, it struck me that it happened as soon as it did because we both thought this would draw it a little bit longer. But I think we always, even from the get-go over a year ago, said, hey, they don't want the dirty laundry aired in court if this deal goes to court. So the way I look at everything that's happened now, and my first comment is, why the heck is our senators and representatives involved in this? They sh- this is way out of bounds. Stay in your lane, right? Stay in your lane. Do, do we not have bigger problems than that for them to solve in this country, Josh? Yeah, well, I no mean, we could probably name 20 without even blinking an eye, right? So, seriously, why are you in the middle of golf? They need, I mean, most of them don't even know anything about golf other than they go out there and throw back a bunch of cocktails. Well, and Senator Rand Paul would agree with you, who uh, said, quote, I see a certain illegitimacy to the whole proceeding today, end quote. Well, that's what I love about Rand Paul, though. I got to tell you, he does just say it like it is a lot of <laughs> Point time. Point blank, baby. You know, and he doesn't really care about who he messes with. The, the deal, and by the way, Richard Blumenthal, come on. I mean, this guy, <laughs> I mean, how long has he been up there? I mean, he has been on uh, the taxpayer's dime for his entire adult life. You know, stay out of golf. Let the, This is a business transaction. This, you know, I know they're going the whole monopoly route. Well, hey, guess what? People do not have to watch golf. They do not need golf like they would a public utility or a cell phone or things of that nature or, you know, medical care, any of those things. They don't need that. It's, this it's is not a luxury. An essential. This is entertainment, Josh. It's essential to you and I, but in <laughs> overarching terms, it is a non-essential entity. Yeah, are they, are they worried about Hollywood having a monopoly, right? No. No, right? <laughs> it so doesn't seem to be. Why? You know, what about the NFL? I mean, anything. Why are they involved in this? They should not be involved in this. But to your point about some of this that's come out, what we're seeing is, is that we've got a loose framework at best, I think, Josh. And there's still a lot of uh, what I'd call – devil in the detail work to be done before any agreement comes to pass, let alone if, you know, these senators try to get in the middle of it and kill Bosch it, right? So I think, you know, and I told you off the air, you know, the PGA Tour saying, we're in charge, we're in charge, we're in charge. When have you ever seen a deal where the guy putting up all the money says, 
Yeah, I'm just going to give you the money and say, yeah, go ahead and you do with it what you see fit. Make all the decisions. Do whatever you want. It does not happen. Never happens. Yes. You and I both know that in any instance, right? Unless the person's an idiot. Oh, and guess what? These PIF guys are not idiots. No. They've made money hand over fist with great investments. Everybody wants to say, oh, it's just the oil. It's just the oil. Hey, go Google up. Google it up, as we say, as Bob would say. Uh, all the different entities and things they're invested in. It would be shocking to you. Well, and the way that this whole timeline has transpired and unfolded shows that, yeah, not a bunch of dummies, right, uh, with the, the public investment fund, some, some smart people. So one of the pieces that we unearthed this week in going through uh, all of the, the different documents that the Senate subcommittee uncovered, Right. We, we learned about a number of different proposals, and one of the proposals involved, well, Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. Uh, I'll just read this. This is from Golf Week uh, with USA Today. Documents released by a Senate subcommittee Tuesday contain new details about how the framework deal between the PGA Tour and Saudi-funded Live Golf came together, as well as the roles that Live hoped Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods would fill under the new combined entity. At a meeting in London on April 24th, representatives for Live Golf gave a presentation to the PGA Tour board members Jimmy Dunn and Ed Hearley titled The Best of Both Worlds. In the presentation, which was also later distributed via email, Live listed several proposals for consideration, for consideration, the first of which stated that Tiger Woods and McElroy should both own Live teams and play in at least 10 Live Golf events, which... Okay, not shocking, right? Smart for the public investment fund and for Live Golf. If we, we know these were two of the ones that got away for Live Golf, right? They wanted Tiger Woods. We saw the uh, proposal. Well, I shouldn't even say the proposal. We saw the leaked numbers, maybe, that were tossed out to Tiger Woods. We saw the leaked numbers, maybe, that were tossed out for Rory McIlroy. They didn't get either, and so it's not shocking that – well, we find out, okay, in this list of proposals to get this deal done, we want McElroy, we want Woods, we want them to own teams, and we want them to play. Do they really now? I mean, Tiger is going to play. What, is he going to ride in a cart? I mean, come on. He's not going to play. Well, he'd be a great owner. He'd be a great owner, but all the owners are on, are, are on teams where their scores count. You know, and as much as, as Kepka's dog, Matthew Wolf for not performing, I mean, what do you think Tiger's going to do? Now, maybe 54 holes would help him, but the reality is I don't think his game, unless they let him ride in a cart, they might, is going to be anywhere close to what it would be to be a high-level contributor. But when I say, do they really want him? I'm not talking so much about Tiger. Rory, look at the comments he made again this week. It's like the it's like the worst PR. He's not getting any PR advice, right? He's just saying no. whatever comes to the top of his brain, which is most of the time not smart. And saying, oh, well, I, I, I would never. I'd, I'd quit golf or just only play the majors. Well, newsflash, you're not going to be able to play the majors if you don't have your world golf rankings, and you know that. I mean, what's the only one that gives a lifetime exemption? Masters. Speaking of Rory McIlroy's comments, let's let's hear what McIlroy had to say. It sounded like this when he was asked about just that, the uh, the possibility of being a live owner and would it interest him. Uh, and I think this might have the question in it too, but it sounded like this. How did you feel about them 
possibly making you a team captain. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> if live golf was the last place to play golf on earth, I would retire. That's how I feel about it. So seriously, yeah. Well, I'd play the majors, and then, but yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty comfortable. Yeah. How, I mean, in terms of you, you say apathy around the game, how do, how do you feel? I mean, you you showed loyalty to the tour, and the tour didn't show any loyalty to you guys. Do you feel disappointed? Uh, I don't know about that. Right. I, you know, I think they were trying to do what was, you know, they were trying to do what was right for the tour, which in turn means what's right for the players on that tour. So I don't, I don't feel, you know, they were, you know, I think I read a quote, they were negotiating their survival. Sure. Right? So I think that's that's a very fair thing for a business to do so you know i i just think that i think i'm apathetic just towards all the noise around it um and again you know as long as the tournaments that i play keep on existing i'll i'll be very happy to you know to play them and, and be a professional golfer and um you know try to get a little bit closer every day to trying to master my craft so the, the comments off the top, obviously the lightning bolt comments there. Uh, what, what about the rest of what Rory had to say? I'm not a fan, obviously. It just I think he's a great golfer. I appreciate his game. But he's playing great this week. He's playing great this so far. It's not Sunday yet. Ah. <laughs> There's your tease, right? Yeah, he, he's got a better chance of winning this one than he does a major because we know how he finishes in the major. Not as much pressure this week. He, he's always close but seems to, over the last seven years, not be able to get there. So, I, you know, the rest of his comments are what they are. Um, it'd be like Josh Helmer saying, I will never work for another radio station in my life. Well, well now you've, now you've made say, your bet. Don't say never, right? Don't, don't give absolutes like that. That's dumb. You know, it's really dumb. Any walk of life. Any walk of life, right? You know, don't draw a you know, it's the proverbial line in the sand. Yeah, everybody knows you're rich. I mean, basically just rub that in everybody's face. I got enough money. I'll just be comfortable, you know. I, I'm going to try to find the exact quote, and I don't know if it was from this week or a week prior where the merger was announced, but Roy said something to the effect of, I hate live golf. Yes. Absolutely hate him, which that's fine. But then in the same vein said, well, the public investment funds not live golf. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, yeah. That's that's the financial backer. So I don't know how you can hate live golf. You can I think dislike a Greg Norman, right? Like that makes sense to me. Okay, a lot of people probably feel that way. But to out and out say I hate live golf, but I'm okay with the public investment fund. I don't know how to wrap my brain around that. the The public investment fund is live golf. Yeah, and, and you know, we got to hit hit a break here because we got Kelsey Klein coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, or just in a few minutes. But um, does he hate Greg Norman because he's starting to become Greg Norman in the majors? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, there is a parallel there, Josh. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. And, and by the way, we got news on Greg Norman we can share as yeah. the more morning goes along as well that came out of this Senate subcommittee hearing. Kelsey Klein joins us next. You won't want to go anywhere. You want to stick around for that. It's the Gimme Zone. Hour number one rolls on next. Hey, welcome back to our third segment here on the Gimme Zone. Special guest right now, my good friend, 
and executive director of the Taylor Gooch Foundation, live from the golf course, Kelsey Klein. Man, Vinny, how we doing? Yeah, it's a good day here at John Conrad. Uh, Hoos and I are playing in a fundraiser for Taylor's high school team. Obviously, ha- Carl Albert. Happy, yeah, happy to do that. Carl Albert, Coach A. Bear. So it's, uh, it's a good day, and thanks for having me on. Giving back to the community. That I love it, as does Taylor in big ways. Hey, first of all, what a year for our guy Taylor Gooch, right? What a year. The guy, three dubs, just one in Spain. And we'll be taking, you know, what I would say, his game that's in fantastic shape to the Open Championship next week. Uh, and, and he played well well at, in London as well. So uh, what are your thoughts of what, I mean, I feel like Taylor's elevated his game, and I think he has defeated that whole narrative that people had out there that the uh, live guys aren't going to be able to, to play well. What say you, Kels? Well, okay, a couple of things. You know, as far as the British Open next week, obviously growing up where he did and where, you know, we live, you know, the harder the better on the win at the British Open. Uh, he played well last year at the British Open, save a couple of holes in the third round. He was, I think, at the time when he had a stumble, maybe in the top ten. So I, I, I like the, I like his chances of playing well next week. Obviously, I'm a little, little biased or partial. But, you know, wind and having to create shots fits his game. Um, obviously, you said a great year. I'll say it's been good half a year, uh, a little over half a year. So, yes, in the in the, the narrative of that the live guys can't play golf, I'll just say no comment, and hopefully that tells you what I think. Well, I think it does. Um, and we've we've heard a lot this week, Kels, in these Senate hearings. First of all, I'm going to ask you. Do you think the Senate should even be involved in this deal? I mean, I've already expressed my opinion earlier on the show. I think it's a joke. What about you? Well, I don't, I don't know if it's a, a golf or a sports question or topic, or if that's you know if we we don't want to get off onto the political side of things. But um, part of me understands it, part of me doesn't. I honestly don't pay a lot of attention to all of the sources say and Twitter said and you know all the posts that get that get you know, posted or put out in the world because in the end, I'm guessing in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a, a big document. This is what, you know, this is what the merger is. This is what we're doing. And then as a fan, you know, that's great. This is what it is. And we'll get on with it. So all the speculation, as we all know, is great for about a day and then it gets really tiring. So I haven't really paid attention to much of it at all. Well, you know, Kels, there's so much he said, she said, and all of this. And, you know, some of the stuff in these hearings was from, a while back and this and that and there's obviously in any any uh deal making process there's a lot of back and forth but you know the thing for me that I find hard to believe is the PGA Tour representatives not necessarily Jay Monahan but it's it's the folks that are up on the hill saying the PGA Tour will be in total control and Piff won't have any control I find that really hard to believe when they're putting in the money thoughts um I don't know. I just uh, I know there's one guy and one group in the situation being really quiet, and who have done a good job, I guess, with with their fund and building it. And you don't hear much from them. And so, in the end, obviously, it's big business. We all understand that. And and people make a lot of money to figure all these things out, and they'll figure it out. I mean, it'll, it, it'll end up working out. I think everybody wins. The fans, the players, obviously, are going to benefit a great deal. 
Uh, and I think it'll work out fine. As far as how it looks and all those things, I can't speak to it, but I'm excited for it. I'm ready for it to get here and for there to be that, you know, announcement or document of this is what it looks like and so we can just get on with it and play some, watch some golf and have those guys just play golf. And, and when we watch the Golf Channel or ESPN or, or, or whatever it is, we talk about golf, not about 75 other things. Well, I'm with you, Kelsey. I let, Let's get back to swinging the clubs and enjoying good golf. But with that – I mean, it, it kind of is what it is until then, right? I mean, this framework agreement and here's this proposal was a possibility and that proposal was a possibility. We've got a framework agreement. We need it finalized because I look at Taylor Gooch's situation, Kelsey, and Brian and I have been sitting here saying for months now, I mean, it's ridiculous this guy's going to miss out on this major or that major championship because of the way the official world golf rankings are set up or you're not getting world golf rankings points. So if for no other reason than let's just get this settled so the best golfers in the world are able to play in the biggest events, do you hear anything in terms of the world golf rankings? I mean, when are we going to have any sort of, uh, I guess, resolution there? I did have a friend of mine who – is a reader and a watcher and he's a smart guy uh he, he reached out to me and I, I know something in those senate hearings was said about on 12-1 of this year they're going to retroact all the world golf ranking points or that was a piece of that proposal that's what he told me i didn't read it or see it but obviously if there's going to be some sort of a merger and, a, and something in place the majors aren't going to want to be less of a tournament and not have certain guys in it. So I think all that will work itself out, irregardless if the world of golf rankings are here, if there's a new ranking system, if they go away. But I think all that will be fine. You know, Kels, what I thought was interesting was Scotty Scheffler's comments, you know, because the media had led or tried to lead everybody to believe that there was this big divide amongst players. And, you know, there might have been against Phil or, or maybe one or two of those, but not the guys that are the key key figures and key players that are – you know, going to win tournaments today. And Scheffler comes right out this week and says, you know, my relationships have not been affected at all about guys going to live. They made a decision that's best for them. It, it, you know, has Taylor conveyed any of that to you about his his relationships or, or you know, of that sort? You know, not really. I mean, that's something that if I go on the road with him, um, I, I don't really bring up anything that could potentially be a negative. Just as a, a personal rule, you know, being at the Masters, being at the PGA Championship, you know, we got to, I got to walk with him in the practice rounds. And on Monday, we played nine holes with Tony Senow and John Rahm. Um, and, and those guys were fantastic. I mean, it's, I think it, to your point, the media part of it, it was a lot more built up. Than, than probably what it should be or is. I, obviously, there's a few guys that are upset. I'm not real sure why. Uh, it's easy to look and see that everybody on the tour, you know, from the financial standpoint, I mean, some of these wins are worth three and a half million now. They used to be worth a million two. So I don't really understand why anybody would be upset. No. You know, the situation made it better for everybody. You know, there's just certain guys that play a different tour. I don't. I, I never really understood that part of it because it was always going to benefit the player. It always was. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Kels, is that, uh, it, you know, say what you want about Phil or the way he went about this, but what it did is it raised the purses for everybody on the PGA Tour, and it made the PGA Tour kind of relook at how they're allocating the funds uh, through the purses and, and all of that nature. And so, you know, to me – 
if you just look at it from a player perspective, it's been a win-win. The loser has been the fan because we have events now that don't have all the best players in the world. They might be split up in two different events. And that's, to me, what I'm excited about, that, that maybe they can – they can get this deal closed and finalize the details to this framework where even if you still have two different tours, but we have more events where the best players are playing in the same ones. Yes, I I agree with that. Like I said, there's so much that could happen or might happen or some people say that should happen. But in the end, like I said, we all know it's a, it's going to be a a big business deal or decision. and, And there's a lot, a lot of moving parts to it. And so, in the end, again, the players that are upset, I still, I just don't understand it, and that, and that's okay. I mean, I'm just, you know, a fan of the game and someone who's who's somewhat close to the situation, I guess. But in the end, like I said, everybody wins. It has to be a fun year to be a part of the Taylor Gooch Foundation. I mean, my goodness, the the wins just keep rolling in. We talked a little bit a little bit about it off the top, but Kelsey, take us through. I mean, what has been from from your vantage point? What's been a couple of the key things to uh, three wins this season for Taylor? Well, I mean, obviously the first one was done in somewhat of record fashion with twenty under after two rounds. Um, I hope Taylor that, does that again. You know. As Vineyard knows, math and history tell you he probably won't. You know, he obviously ended up winning by three shots, um, which anybody would take a one-shot victory, let alone three. And the fact he was leading by ten was kind of an outlier. But, you know, we, we all know that golf's it's tricky, it's finicky, it's so much mental. And then, then you get on the good side of it where you got confidence and you got momentum and you start to get comfortable. Um, and so I think it's a, it's a sum of all those parts. Obviously, when you play that well and win anywhere, it doesn't matter if it's the Westwood Invitational or the Live Event or the Masters, you putted well. And so, you know, the putter's been, been really good the last few months, which has been obviously been a blessing. And, again, Taylor goes about his business, you know, in a calculated way, um, you know, during the weeks and, and in the off weeks. You know, he does rest, but, he you know, it's his job, and he takes it serious. And the team he's built around him is, is fantastic. His caddy, Mal Baker, is fantastic. And, you know, some of those things that take sometimes weeks, sometimes years to pay off, I think a lot of it is just paying off, you know, in this short period of time the last few months. Hey, Kels, just uh, a couple more things before we let you go. What are your thoughts on how rural Liverpool might fit Taylor's game or, or thoughts on the course in general? You know, I think anything that, again, that, that involves shot making and fighting the golf ball um, and imagination around the greens will benefit his game. Obviously, you know, we, we watch it on TV once a year and we don't see it a lot, but I also think he can probably play good anywhere the way he's playing. So um, I like his chances. Great. Um, the foundation that, <laughs> that you're the executive director on, tell us um, you obviously had a big event event uh with the uh golf tournament the week of uh of the event up in tulsa how did that work out for you i saw some great generosity by several of the live guys and yes. i'll catch i'll let you expound upon that a little bit i, w- I was over i was blown away oh i appreciate that you know overall our side of it you know live was was gracious enough and peter ridge to allow us to have our event at their at their golf course the week of the tournament, obviously being on that Monday and and Brian, thanks for playing by the way. But you know, from a from a standpoint of dollars raised, 
we uh, we're close to zero and everything out. We've been waiting on some invoices to come in, but it's going to be a huge success on that end. Um, what you said with with a couple of the players, and especially Bubba Watson, you know Taylor's team captain and teammate. He was at everything that we did. He was at everywhere Taylor went um, and showed a lot of support. Obviously, there was a, some extra donation for a, an item that was given back, uh, the watch, and we raised a ton of money because of that generosity of, of, our, of uh, Chris Davis, one of our close friends on our team, and then Bubba matched what, what was given, and it was a, something I didn't plan for in my budget, but I'm sure glad it happened. It was a healthy chunk, by the way, just for those yeah. listeners yeah. out there that don't yeah. think these guys care and support each other. It was a chunk. I, you know, I knew I was in trouble in that shootout when uh, it, it, the dude in front of me hit it like two inches. I was like, okay, I, this is not good for me. Yeah, I mean, by the way, you didn't hit a bad shot. Any other time, you might have won. That's yeah, a great shot for me. That. I got it on the yeah. green, Kels. He, he almost made that thing. He almost made it. But, again, you know, we've had such support from, you know, the live side, you know, the guys, the pros that played uh, we, we, we scrambled a little bit. We had some teams that had to cancel late and some local guys filled in. But, you know, those things happen. But we're sure fortunate and, and, you know, thankful to live and to Cedar Ridge for what they did for us because it allowed us to put on a better event, a unique experience for everybody that came, you know, and playing the golf course on a Monday uh, with, with some of the pros. So we're very fortunate on that side of things. Well, Kelsey, it's been great catching up with you. We continue to root for Taylor Gooch and uh, awesome what you guys are doing with the foundation. But thank you so much for a little bit of your time this morning. I, I appreciate that. Before we go, I want to give a shout-out to some of the local junior golfers that have been doing some great things. I, I follow a lot of the junior golf. Um, Chase Hughes just won at AJG event this week in Lubbock, so congrats to him. Emerson Majima from up at Oak Tree National, probably the smoothest lefty in the state. He's been playing fantastic. We all probably have read about Ryder Cowan that's going to go to OU next month from Edmond. Uh, Ryder's won two or three of the OGA events and, and finished uh, runner-up in the match play at Southern Hills. And so, uh, obviously, congrats to him. And then on the female side of things, a young lady from Altus, Natalie Blennon, um, ran over the golf club of Oklahoma last week with 67-74, won by eight shots in the women's OGA event. So congrats to all of those young players, and it's sure fun to follow them. Hey, while we're giving shout-outs for good golf, uh, your, your Padre right there, uh, Mr. Van Hoos, throws down a little 59 last week, right? Well, it, it, I wasn't there, but I got the text and the scorecard, and he did. You know, uh, as most 59s happen, I think he made about a 30-footer on 18. And so I'm glad you weren't there at Vineyard because you probably would have lost some money. But, yeah, well, Van Hoos finally got the- – he finally got the 59, so he's giving shots to everybody is the good news. All that birdie on 18 would have done was tie me, Kels. I am Mr. 18 in our Wolf game, and he will attest to that. That's a fact. That's a fact. All right. Hey, Kels, thank you very much, and you guys go have a good rest of your round. Appreciate your time. You bet, guys. Anytime. Thank you. Nice to talk with Kelsey Klein. We'll take a T.O., come back, wrap up our number one next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the wrap. Back with you here. It's the Gimme Zone right here on the ref. The Genesis Scottish Open. Well, they are set for the final round. Rory McIlroy will be uh, your leader going off tomorrow. And uh, they, they will be going off in threesome 
threesomes off numbers one and ten tomorrow, I guess, because uh, they're worried about high winds. But we'll get you up to date on everything going on with the Scottish Open. we got a bunch from the Senate subcommittee hearings that we still haven't touched on, and uh, we've planked you here. we gotta, we got to get out quick. So our number two is next right here on The Ref. Hour number two. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Fast moving first hour. we got a lot to still dive into. Uh, big thank you to Kelsey Klein for joining us. Taylor Gooch, I mean, my goodness. You know, when you're talking to somebody that's the, you know, executive of the Taylor Gooch Foundation, I mean, you, you can only kiss up so much, right? And in an interview setting, it's like you can't spend 10 minutes of the interview saying, well, my goodness, what a year it's been for Taylor Gooch. But it really has been an incredible year, a breakthrough season for Taylor Gooch. And uh, just before we move on and talk more about what happened in the, the Senate subcommittee hearing and what uh, there's some interesting thoughts out there from Shoffley and Jordan Spieth that are less than rosy on one uh, Jay Monahan's return. But, I mean, th- what this year has meant for Taylor Gooch, it's uh, I-, I don't know that we can overstate it. Well, I mean, just you know, with the wins and, and the other stuff, I think he's made – 13 to 15 million already which is fantastic for a young man from Oklahoma that grew up playing John Conrad public golf course right. it's, it's a it's a path that's that's abnormal for a tour player cuz most you know end up playing at these uh, posh country clubs and and come from high affluency uh Taylor's parents I believe were school teachers so you know uh he's just a humble guy and I'm going to say it right now Ryder Cup team. It will be a complete shame if the he is not put on the Ryder Cup team and will be all politics. Do you think that he will be on the Ryder Cup team? What's your gut tell you? I think my answer to that is it may depend on what happens and how fast this deal proceeds forward. If it looks like the deal's definitely going to get done, I would say it increases his chances greatly because um, you got to make selections here soon because, you know, the final captain's picks. and and But, you know, honestly, I think he's played his way on. It's how could you leave him or Kepka off at this point? And, you know, even strong consideration for guys like uh, Bryson DeChambeau, you know. Let's see here. When is the deadline for them to announce the Ryder Cup team? Qualification will conclude August 20th with the top six names after the BMW championship. And then uh, Zach Johnson will round out the roster with the six captains pick uh, following the the tour championship. So right after the tour championship is when we'll know who uh, who all's on this team. Zach so. Johnson playing at Heathrow Country Club there in Florida. I've played that course many times and I remember guest. And he has been out there, so it's nice. Uh, seems like a grounded uh, person. I think if it were up to him and no pressure from the PGA Tour, I think he's definitely got to put Kepka and Taylor on the team. Taylor's a great match play player. He's a bulldog. I mean, he's very hard to beat in a match play setting. And I, I think they'd be great captain's picks. Uh, obviously, they can't be in that top six, you know, with the P- not being on the PGA Tour. Right. They, they'd have to be captain's they'd picks. They'd have to be captain's picks. And this this would give, you know, Zach a chance to say or to kind of mend some of the fences and take some of the us versus them off the table. And I think he should. Hey, how about that? 
We are the only live golf show that comes to you live from a golf course every week, right? Back to back. How weeks. about that? You know, we we you know we guys we have guys that can play and be on the show. The uh, the Ryder Cup sneaking up on us. I mean, talk about it for. The possibilities, uh, who's going to be a captain's pick. I mean, it feels like, ah, oh, well, that's a, a ways down the road. Now it's, what, a couple of weeks here, and then we're into August, and then uh, Ryder Cup's right around the corner. Yeah, for those that are familiar with the show, you know, we we, we run through August, but then if it's Ryder Cup or um, uh, President's Cup, we obviously have special shows uh, in September to cater to that. So remember that come september because we will be on again to we'll have we'll have some and recap the Ryder cup yeah well i don't know i don't know what that looks like yet but we'll figure it out and uh yeah i mean with the Ryder cup we're definitely gonna definitely going to be uh broadcasting or putting a podcast or doing something for that and uh let's hope yeah that taylor gooch is a part of it uh, i've you know personally because of taylor gooch's ability to you know, willingness to come on this show and the fact that he's local, uh, my heartstrings pull. It tugs at my heartstrings a little bit more that Taylor Gooch would be a captain's pick than Brooks Kepka. I do think both should be, but you give me one or the other, I definitely would rather Taylor Gooch uh, get the nod as a captain's pick. And I, I agree with you. I think that absolutely when you start projecting forward for, okay, this framework agreement, is it going to get done? When will it get done? Eventually it's probably getting done, I think. And so you're going to be, you know, if you've got hard feelings towards somebody on the live tour or vice versa with the PGA tour, you're going to be crossing paths. So probably, you know, a nice time right now to go ahead and start mending fences. Hey, a T20 in the Open Championship next week would sure go a long ways. You know, people start talking about Justin Thomas and all that. He's not playing very well, right? Just not. No, no, he's he, he is not. Which uh, the the Genesis Scottish Open. Anything beyond McElroy playing well, Fleetwood playing well, Scheffler is uh, lurking. Up, yeah, right there toward the top of the board. So, you know, those three names, what, what, what strikes you there in terms of, okay, hey, great this week. I mean, everybody wants to win every single tournament they play, but with uh, Liverpool next week and with the Open Championship, the final puzzle piece of the majors, everybody wants that one. Something strike you with those three names? Well, no. I mean, those guys are playing really well and ten, or have been on top of a lot of leaderboards here, you know, in the last uh, three months. And so, you know, it comes down to can Rory close it up. I mean, he's uh, he's going to be uh, heading into the uh, final round there with the one-shot lead, right? Um, they're replaying it on the Golf Channel right 13 now. 13-under, yeah. He's 13 he's your under. leader. He's and then, leader you know, by one. You know a guy that we don't talk about a lot is Brian Harmon. You know, he tends to play well on those link-style golf courses. If you look, he's played a lot of good rounds in the Open Championships. Um, and then you got, you know, hey, don't look too far down the leaderboard. You got Shane Lowry. You know, we, we talked about that Scotty Scheffler, but Shane Lowry, another guy that plays really well. Sure. And, you know, Open champion. Um, so I, I suspect – that, you know, Roy's got a great shot. Don't sleep on Tom Kim either. Tom Kim's been playing some great golf lately, right? And he'll be in the, I guess, uh, I don't know if, I think Harmon went off first today. So I think, yeah, Fleetwood will be in that. There, It'll be threesomes instead of final pairings 
tomorrow just to to deal with the the high wind situation. So it'll be McElroy, Kim, Fleetwood together tomorrow in that uh, final threesome going off. Uh, I I mean I would imagine that they'll send them off number one and the rest. Uh, However they break it up will go off number 10, too. Yeah, so the guys at the back of the field will go off the back nine, you know, the ones that are, are you know, deemed to be the longest shot to come back and win this thing. But, you know, I, I you know, are you going to fall in the trap and take Rory? <laughs> are you going to do it? I, I don't know. I've got I've got a roughly 50 minutes to make a decision here. So. I mean, part of me wants to do it. I Yeah, I, you know what? I'm just, ready to sign up. I think he's going to win. I, just so that the expectations are higher next week when he doesn't get it done. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to win this tournament. Okay, there we have it, guys. I, I, I do, yeah. I, I am I think not he's gonna going to fall for either him or Mr. Fleetwood. I'm going to say Shane Lowry gets it done. Well, and he's three three shots off the lead. Scotty Scheffler m- mentioned it a moment ago, but he uh, all of a sudden rounds of 68, 65, 67, 10 under par. Uh, this bodes well, right, for next week. Hey, he's pretty good, Josh, pretty good. Um you know, and I think for him, you know, putting is more difficult on these open greens because they're not as pure and smooth as a lot of the bent grass greens that that the tour players play on here. So I, I think, you know, it, it to some degree tends to neutralize some of the greatest putters in the world. If you give Cam Smith great greens, I mean, he's just going to kill them. Yeah, I he's mean, a magician. I mean, the guy, I mean, if you watch that stroke, does it get any better than that? You know, young players, repeat that one. Um, but, you know, I like Cam Smith's chances to to repeat as well. I mean, if we're talking about guys, I mean, he played great, won the last tournament in London, correct? Um, I feel like his game's in better shape. The open championship allows you to spray the ball a little more sometimes than some of these yeah, U.S. open type courses with the, you know, deep rough that you got to gouge out of. Uh, you know, Liverpool is a little bit different. I'm not as familiar with that course just because it's not in the rotation as often as others. But, uh, you know, it's got some great past champions. Cam Smith uh, beating Patrick Reed and Mark Leishman last week by uh, one shot. Is uh, is Reed? Will he be in the field? Yeah, Patrick. I would Reed imagine he would, right? Field. Yeah, Taylor's in the field, so I imagine Patrick Reed's got to be in the in the field. Um, Leishman. Leishman. I don't know. I would think so. I mean, Cam Smith. Though I'm with you. It's uh, you know, obviously the defending champion, and oh by the way, you just won a tournament in London, so you have to have the antennas raised there. How about one of the biggest disappointments? From the U.S. Open would have to have been Max Homa, right? Well, he's right back in the thick of things this week. He's only four shots back going into uh, tomorrow. Yeah, he, you know, I think people thought he was going to emerge more than he has this year and win a bunch of tournaments, you know, so or majors especially, at least get in the hunt and win one. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to win that, but uh, – you know, you start looking at, at Royal Liverpool, guess who won there before? Who won at Royal Liverpool? Rory McIlroy. Is that where is that where his uh, first Open Championship was won? 2014. Interesting. So, add that for a little so, spice, Josh. So that would have been right before he won at Valhalla. Correct, because that back then the PGA was in August. 
So. Yeah, they, because they ended the season. Uh, yeah, at, at at Valhalla. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that adds a little juice to it, doesn't it? Well, in you know, in some ways, I think it adds a little bit of pressure to Rory McIlroy because it's okay. You you won your last one of your last two major championships right here at this site, and with the way things are going this week, I mean, Brian, it, it's it's likely at this point he would be the the odds on betting favorite to win this event, this Scottish Open right here, right now. So not only is he going to have the the win and the momentum coming in, and, oh, here comes Rory again. Uh, he's finally going to track down major number five. And, oh, by the way, it's this place that he got one of his last two majors at. So it should be, yes, it should be a positive thing. But for me, it's like anything that could add more pressure, I don't know is a good thing for Rory McIlroy. I agree, especially since he's still got all this beef going in the media with, the, with the, you know, the live – tour stuff and so you know focus on your game his game's in great shape right now you know there's another previous winner there that's pretty good player too a guy named Eldrick Woods you ever heard of him ah indeed Mr. Tiger Woods yeah pretty good player in his are own those right. the last two champions yeah, at Liverpool two, 2006 and 2014 so you see it's not necessarily regular in the rotation. rotation you know like a St. Andrews and some of the ones that are are, are uh in the rotation more often, shall we say. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, before Tiger in 2006, you know, they hadn't had it there since 1967, which is as old as I am. It's even before I was born. John Rahm? Love his chances. John Rahm's always got a chance. He can – like what Kelsey said, control your ball flight. John Rahm can do that. Well, and I'm just thinking – I'm not sure Scotty can. That's the whole deal. Scotty's a high ball hitter. Well, and I'm just thinking who from this generation winds up as that guy that we talk about. Because McElroy, even if he doesn't win another major, will be regarded as one of the great players from this generation, right? Just raw talent. It'll Now, if he doesn't win another major, it's going to turn into how did you win four and just never win again. But I think most would agree McElroy, one of the great players, if not, you know, with Spieth and some of these other names – Equal to or above those types of players, right? Kepka, probably another name that you look at, one of the greats from this era of golf. I think John Rahm is that next guy to be regarded in that type of light where he finishes five, six majors, maybe even more, right? And we look back and say, oh, man, John Rahm, do you remember the way that he at times dominated the world of golf? So with that in mind, you tell me the last two major champions at Liverpool are Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. Okay, well, that means somebody that's one of these preeminent forces in the world of golf is going to go win this thing. Yeah, it leads you to believe that the cream's going to rise to the top again, right? And so, you know, I hope, we said this off the air, I hope it blows. When's the last time we had an open championship where we had four days where it just blew 2025? 20, I mean, and it's nasty. That's what it's about, right? Because those courses are designed such that if they don't have a lot of wind, those guys will just eat them alive. Some other uh, notable names uh, before we take an opening T.O. of hour number two toward the, uh, well, not necessarily the top of the board, but uh, playing well in the Genesis Scottish Open, names you would be familiar with. You've got uh, Xander Shoffley, who uh, has dropped off rounds of 66 and 67 here these past couple of days. He is seven under par. Victor Hovland is seven under par. Ricky Fowler is uh, seven under par. So those uh, good signs for that group. How about this? Patrick Harrington is seven under par. Potter. Oh, Potter Harrington. 
So uh, names that uh, you would be familiar with as we head into the final day of the Scottish Open. Senior. He's on the senior tour now. Can you believe that? And, uh, I mean, I would imagine he's playing in the Open Championship, right? Yeah, certainly. And, certainly. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not picking uh, not picking Harrington to be a factor. But, hey, it's uh, over the years we have seen – Older golfers, there's one instance in particular with one Mr. Tom Watson where very nearly won the thing. So, who knows, right? Well, and the other thing you sometimes see in the Open Championship, Josh, is guys that maybe their only, you know, major championship win. You Sometimes you just have guys catch lightning in a bottle, and especially if it's inclement conditions, guys that control their ball fight. You know, another guy that controls his ball fight pretty darn well Ricky Fowler. Yeah, and the way he's and, playing. And he's just a cut-making machine now. All of a sudden, he's got this renewed confidence. Wouldn't that be a story? Well, and I I definitely – I don't see Ricky getting cut next week. I don't know that I'm – again, it's – I think he's going to play well. I don't know that I'm ready to say he's going to go win this major championship. I would lean uh, more towards some of the, the higher odds guys, but – I think he's going to be a factor, just given the way the last couple of months have been going. Well, hey, we're due a break, so you take us to break. One of the things we're going to do in our last segment, give some thought to this. We're going to do a little draft for the Open Championship. Okay. Each of us will get four golfers. <laughs> you could probably pick my team right now, but yeah. We'll get four golfers. We'll do a snake draft. We're not going to do the old TJ Toby deal where, you know, you pick first and third and all that. We'll do a snake draft, you know, you know. And I'll let you choose if you want to go first or second. And we'll just do total under par. And we'll how about we just put a little uh, – what do we want to put on it, Josh? I'll let you decide that. A little friendly wager. I'm how good with about, whatever you decide. How about a little uh, interurban, one of our nice sponsored lunch? I love it. I love it. And uh, we have that to look forward to to wrap things up. But before that – a bunch that we haven't shared with you from the Senate subcommittee hearing. What else was on the table? What else did we learn this week? We'll share it with you next. It's the Gimme Zone, hour number two, right here on The Wrap. It's the Gimme Zone. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Happy Saturday to you. Hope you are having a great start to the weekend. We're here every single Saturday, at least uh, through the month of August. But, uh, you know, throughout, uh, what, January throughout the heart of golf season. We're here every Saturday talking golf with you. And now we've made the uh, executive decision. We're going 8 to 10 every single week because, well, we, we just kind of like uh, starting the morning off a little bit earlier. So we've got uh, nice responses out there from you, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Appreciate that. Nice to see it popping off a little bit this morning. 405-651-3439 if you have any thoughts uh, in the world of golf as well. From the 918. I hope Taylor Gooch is on the Ryder Cup team, but I don't think he is. And then uh, one more here. Cam Smith has been getting hot. How about that? Scorching. And uh, I think I tend to agree with uh, the 918. I don't think either Gooch or Kepka will be on the Ryder Cup team, and I think that will be a, a disappointment. I think that will be the wrong decision. Well, let's just look at some of these odds for next week's Open Championship. Yeah, what do you got? I got Rory as a prohibitive favorite at eight to one. Rom ten to one. Scotty ten to one. Kepka twelve to one. Spieth twenty to one. 
Cam Smith, 20 to 1 to defend. Kind of long shot. Well, I like Cam Smith's odds a heck of a lot better than I like Jordan Spieth's yeah. odds after he missed the cut this week. Yeah, Shoffley, 22 uh, to 1. Justin Thomas, 25 to 1. Morikawa, 25 to 1. Hovland, 25 to 1. Shane Lowry, 28 to 1. DJ, 33 to 1. Hey, and here's your guy again. Tommy Fleetwood, 33 to 1. All you got to do is drive to the K Star Casino. That's right. And put your money down. That's right. Now you hear that, K Star? Shout out. That's freebie for you. Um, to go and Finau, 40 to 1. Hey, but you know, yeah, you, you got uh, 25,000 to 1 for uh, your boy John Daly. What did, what, what did you say Daly's odds are? 25,000 to 1. Oh, my God. Is he playing? He's. It's showing. It's showing, so... I can't think of a better golf story than John Daly playing well and winning. Uh, yeah. You know, we talked about an old guy that might have a chance at a at an open championship like Tom Watson. What about Phil Mickelson? Tends to play well in inclement commit conditions. And, well, and has played well in a major already this season. Yes. Yeah, he played pretty doggone well, right? That was a, uh, an excellent final round. Hey, I got. Uh, I just, just out of curiosity, I... Googled it up, the weather forecast here. Uh, Thursday of the Open Championship, 35% chance of rain. Friday, 70. Saturday, 65. Oh, Sunday, great. 60. We're going to get open conditions. Good. Just just like it should be. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm checking the wind here, 10 to 15, 10 to 15. That's not good. We want 20 to 30. We need some gusts. No, it doesn't look like it's going to be windy, but it could be rainy. So... Love it. We're going to challenge these guys. Bring your rain gear, fellas. But it's going to soften everything up, too. So it's like, just go attack some pins, fellas. If it's not windy and it's rainy, it's, I mean, that might be prime conditions for some of these guys, well, right? It's a little bit. But, but then you don't get the rollout, I guess, off the tee box, right? True. It'll make the course play a lot longer. And what, what, uh, with the Open Championship, they have so many humps and bumps in these greens. It's not as easy to just throw darts at it like you would a, a, uh, United States course that they would play in a typical major. So a little bit different. Um, but the other thing it does, a lot of these link style courses are set up for you, uh, these super tight lies around the green to putt. And these tour players choose to putt these. Well, if it's wet, you're going to have to chip it. And it makes it really dicey off that super mm. tight wet lie. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, even the best hands in the world, that's a tough shot. The, uh, Best lag putter oftentimes is uh, right in the thick of things, and that means from off the green in spots uh, too. And you're right. Yeah, that, that could change that thinking. So we, we told you Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, in one of the initial proposals uh, of what has become the framework agreement between the Live Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PGA Tour, one of those involved a proposal from the, uh, the powers that be called – the best of both worlds. And the idea was that Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy would both own live teams and play in at least 10 live golf events. Well, we've seen pushback from Rory McIlroy. We played that cut for you earlier where he said, yeah, I'd rather retire than continue to uh, play uh, golf on the live tour. Okay, what about some of the other proposals that we found out about this week, Brian? How about this? I, I think you'll like this one. The creation of of a large-scale, superstar, live-style team global event with PGA, live, and LPGA players to take place in Saudi Arabia and Dubai with teams to be drafted live in a televised event. 
I love that, right? It's it. This is the part of what Liv's done to shake up the crusty old stale PGA Tour is something new and fresh, right? You know, I love that idea. I think it would be great. You know, the, the PGA Tour has an event where the, they're paired with an LPGA player, and, and they've done that a little bit in the past. I think that's had some pretty decent feedback. So, hey, I, I love anything where there's a draft, right? Because – as a, if the players are doing the draft, even better because then you're having to say, "Hey, Josh, I'm choosing him over you." First. Sure, yeah, and we're it here for some a drama. Bit, a little, I mean, there'll be a lot of smack talk go down after that. We love some spies. Uh, how about this branding at least two of the PGA Tour's elevated events under the flag of Saudi Arabia's public investment fund and or Aramco, its state-run oil company. So basically. What does that mean? It means that two of the PGA Tour's elevated events would be presented by uh, either PIF or Aramco. <laughs> uh, do you think that that one's going to – I mean, I, I would say that probably there's a good chance that happens because guess what? The, the, the other thing we learned this week is a billion-dollar investment from PIF. Yeah, we, we hadn't heard a number before that. It was a billion dollars, and with the potential of more, I right. guess – quote unquote if the PGA tour wants. Well, I think that's really gonna be decided by the guys that have the money because A, you know, they gotta offer and then B, I still you will never get me to believe that the PGA Tour is going to be in total control of this new co venture because the PIF put in all the money. Hey, and but while we're at it, just checking out the text line. Hey, thanks, Patrick. Patrick City loves the new Showtimes May 10. Well, so do Josh and I, right? Because we get yes. some more of our day. <laughs> Indeed, we get more of the weekend back. And, you know, for uh, for for us, it's it's just a, it's a good time on a moving day, I think, most weeks to just get up, get the show rolling. And a lot of times, I mean, basically, now the leaders, they haven't typically teed off. When we're on the air, but it gives us all the time in the world to break down, okay, here's X, Y, Z that could happen today. But, yeah, thank you, Patrick. Appreciate you listening. He uh, also says on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. So they're moving up the tee times tomorrow in the Scottish Open because of high winds. Come on, that's a Tuesday here in Oklahoma. That's what we want. That is exactly what we want. Blow it. I want 20 to 30. I, I mean, I hope this forecast that I have for Liverpool is wrong next week. I want the rain still, but let's have 20 Crank to 30, up. and let's see these guys under duress. One more piece of the proposed proposals that uh, – or other proposals, I guess is a better way to say that – that I think got nixed uh, and are not a part of the framework agreement – Membership for PIF Governor Yasir Al-Rumayan at two of the sport's most prestigious institutions, Augusta National Golf Club and the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews. Well, I'd say it's more likely that you get in the RNA than you do Augusta National. Um, Augusta National, um, you don't buy your way in there. You are invited. And then there's an interview process. You know, they don't let just anybody in there. It's not a rich guy with a bunch of money can go in there and say, hey, I want to be, I want to join up. Uh, No, that's not the way it works. They pick and choose. Greg Norman. Some uh, remarks and uncoverings about Greg Norman this week. Let's take a break. Let's share them with you next. And uh, breaking news here, a little tease for you. 
it, uh, I, I would describe it as doesn't look great for Greg Norman. And I would also describe this for you as I don't know that it looks all that great for Jay Monahan either. And not saying we told you so, but just we did. saying, hey. We did, Josh. We, we said they're both going to be out. That's right. Just saying we told you so. It's the Gimme Zone. Back with you right after this. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Give me zone. We're back with you, Josh Elmer, alongside Brian Vineyard. Tick tocking down to our final major championship of the year. Can't believe that. I mean, it just always goes by so quick. And nothing like major championship golf that uh, that we'll get next week from Liverpool. And you have educated me that uh, we got a nice little list of former champions here. So now I'm officially. You've talked me into. I'm only in. Boy, this is. Really going out on a limb here. I'm only going to pick my winner from the best golfers in the world. I've got a very select pool that I'm selecting from, and uh, that is, of course, unique for me because you know me. I, I like to take a lot of risks with uh, the champions that I typically will pick beforehand. Oh, no, you're a chalk guy other than Tommy Fleetwood. You know, you. I don't know. You, do you have a man crush on Tommy Fleetwood? I mean, what is the deal? You both have the nice beard working and all that. I mean, you don't have the mullet like he does, but, you know. He's got good flow. Yeah, you got good flow, though. You do have good flow, and, and Tommy's got good flow. He just strikes me as a cool guy. Yeah, he's probably a guy you'd like to have a cold beer with, right? No doubt, yeah. And and I'm I'm a sucker for the golfer that hasn't won yet. No, I think – I mean, he's he's definitely in the top ten of the best players out there that haven't won a major yet, right? Who? What would that list look like for you? I mean, uh, Fowler, obviously – Tommy Shoffley. Shoffley. Um, gosh. <sighs> I hadn't given it much thought, but, yeah, those are the first three that come to mind. Um, there's got to be somebody else we're not thinking of. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good players. Hovland. That, Victor Hovland. Would have to be on that I mean, list. Yeah, a lot of players that just make. Gooch? Yeah, I mean, I mean you have to – hard to argue he's not in the top ten of that list, right? I think now because of this season he is, is yeah. he not? Yeah, I would think so, right? Um, you know, and I don't, I don't know who else would be on that list. That's a nice little sampling, and 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 he, uh, yeah, Fleetwood, I think, would be among that group. He would, he would, and you know, back, you know, in the day, like Henrik Stinson, right? He didn't win a major, did he? Stinson and Sergio for years and years and years until Stinson beat Mickelson at uh the open championship remember it oh, was that's right that's it was right. just yeah, yeah, those yeah. two yeah that's right yeah but but for years and years he couldn't hey, and, he, and he was that he guy. was one of my favorite guys because the club break was always in play with him <laughs> it's right I around mean, the corner the over the knee club break or slamming it on the ground i i mean i watch him waiting for that i mean it's an explosion waiting to happen if he's not playing well <laughs> you uh you're Waiting for the temper tantrum. Yeah, it's kind of like hockey, right? I mean, I'm not a hockey fan. I'm waiting for the fight, right? That's why I like the the minor league hockey. That's why I used to go to the you know the games here in Oklahoma City because you got to fight every game. There. Oh, sure. You know, in the NHL, you don't always get a fight, you know, but you got one every game here. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's part of the show, right? That's part of the uh, ticket price. Hey, that's speaking cooked of, in. you said TikTok. Are you on TikTok, Josh? Now tell the truth. Uh, I have a TikTok account, but only for TikToks that my girlfriend sends to me. Oh, so I am okay. not. So it's I'm, like a private account, huh? <laughs> right. I, I'm not active on TikTok. Okay. If I had a TikTok, it would be 
for this radio station or for Hawkeye's Wire. It would strictly be for business purposes anymore. (laughs) I have no interest in. I'm not a TikToker. I'm not interesting or entertaining enough to be a TikToker. Not a part of my existence. Too old for it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I don't have an account, but then again, I'm a lot older than you are, Josh, and so I leave that to my kids, right? They they probably have all kinds of accounts. Ironically, some of the most successful accounts – are from individuals your age or older or in that neighborhood. So it is truly, it is an all-encompassing social media account, right? It's just got to be entertaining, and I don't know how to create short little videos and be entertaining. I don't have the time for all that. Well, so so did you join the new meta, whatever it's called? Threads. Threads, yes. No, I haven't, but probably we need to. I didn't either. I still think that Twitter wins in the long run because – you know, when somebody's that established, it's hard to overtake them. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you're basically – it's it's the same thing. You're copycatting it, and apparently it was it was just okay. And other folks have tried this, and it just hasn't taken. So it's – you know, Zuckerberg, I got that part of it, but is it really going to work? Probably not. Probably not. So – Something but- that we know has worked, Live Golf. Now, a piece of Live Golf that <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be working uh, going forward is – Greg Norman, one other piece of the things that we found out this week. I'll just read this from this Golf Week uh, piece I'm looking at. Live Golf Chief Executive Officer Greg Norman was not involved in the formal, 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 excuse me if I could speak here, formal rollout of the framework agreement with the PGA Tour and Europe-based DP Tour, and the Senate subcommittee's documents help explain why. The documents illustrate an attempt by PGA Tour officials to negotiate the ouster of Greg Norman and Performance 54, the consultancy group that has been heavily involved in Liv's operations. They proposed a side agreement outside the main deal that would require Norman to be dismissed by a specific date. Dun, dun, dun. Not shocking, but here's the deal. I think Greg... Norman and Jay Monahan are both out. You know, Jay can sit here and say he's not. He's done. There's no way you can leave those two in charge because, hey, guess what? Jay Monahan is not going to be doing Thanksgiving dinner with Zonder Shoffley, right? <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> A couple of folks are, are starting to speak out this week, and it's almost, you know, the impression I get, McElroy's always been outspoken, right, throughout all of this. But we're starting to hear Scotty Scheffler say some things that you wouldn't expect maybe Scotty Scheffler to say. Uh, Shoffley strikes me as someone that typically isn't trying to rock the boat a whole bunch. Spieth maybe at times is willing to share his opinion, but it's almost as if a lot of these guys have gone over across the pond, right? They're playing this Genesis Scottish Open, and they're talking with reporters that they don't normally see. And so I think they're being more forthcoming in their responses this week because they're seeing new faces that they don't typically see. And anyway, Xander Shoffley had this to say about uh, Jay Monahan. He uh, was asked on Wednesday if his feelings and level of trust in Jay Monahan, PGA Tour Commish, has changed. Shoffley said, quote, yes. Yes, they have. End quote. And then he went on to say this too, quote, if you want to call it one of the rockier times on tour – the guy who was supposed to be there for us wasn't. Obviously, he had some health issues. I'm glad that he's feeling much better, but I'd say he has a lot of tough questions to answer in his return. 
I don't trust people easily. Jay Monahan had my trust, and he has a lot less of it now. I don't stand alone when I say that. He'll just have to answer our questions when he comes back. End quote. Long story short, even if Jay survives, which neither of us think he will, I think his power will be greatly diminished, and that power scale will tip more in favor of the players than ever before because I don't think they trust his leadership, nor should they. Well, we we basically have our we basically have our tea leaves that yes, that's exactly right. What you just said that Jay Monahan will not have the same power that he's had in the past. He'll be the the commissioner of the tour, but they created a totally different subsidiary so they could accept as as a nonprofit the PGA Tour. They created a different subsidiary so they could have the billion dollar investment from the from the PIF. And Jay Monahan has absolutely no governance there. And there's an email chain back and forth from, uh, I can't remember if it's Ron Price or the other gentleman that's been involved in this uh, Senate subcommittee hearing, uh, Jimmy Dunn. I think it's Jimmy Dunn that sent it over to Jay Monahan that basically laid out, hey, yeah, you're not going to be in charge of this piece of that puzzle. And so that, to me, again, in concert with this from Shoffley and others, I just think the writing's on the wall. Okay, maybe they keep him around for a period of time, Brian, but I don't think Jay Monahan is long for the role of PGA Tour Commish. I don't either, and I hope Jay's health, whatever his health issue was, is resolved and he's doing better. I think today is his first official day back on the job, isn't it? Wasn't July 15th supposed to be the day he came back? Monday. Or Monday, okay. Monday he'll be back. Okay, Monday, all right. Well, you know, he can rest up for the weekend and be ready to come back Monday. There's a lot of work to be done on this. As we've said, the devil's in the details. And I think that a lot of the, the really key details are yet to be negotiated. Um, I just I hope the Senate just gets out of the way because I don't think this really is any concern of theirs for the general public. You know, nobody has to have golf. Nobody, you know, you know as far as golf viewership and all that, it is entertainment. When else have they got in the middle of entertainment? Right? With, with the understanding that this could be a long-winded response from you, and we we need to take our final break and come back and snake draft this thing for the Open Championship next week, just simple, as quick as you can, response to this question. Anything this week, shake your faith that the framework agreement is going to happen. No. See, I, I'm with you. I think it's – to me, this is like we're one step closer to it's going to happen. I feel like they've jumped through that hoop. Final timeout. Who is on Brian's team? Who is on my team for the Open Championship? Our, our four golfers that were taking aggregate score, plus uh, one final feel-good story on the way out the door right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Home stretching it. Final segment. It's the Gimme Zone. We're back. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Just going back through some of my notes here, I, I totally, totally uh, forgot about this, but here's something for next week. The PGA Tour and PIF removed their clause from an agreement about stealing players. <laughs> so you tell me what you think that means, Brian. Man, I, I think it's open season, right? I mean, I, I, that's that's pretty obvious right there. And, get, and guess who wanted that clause removed? Who wanted it removed? Well, 
live, right? Yeah, I, I mean that that would be my guess. I thought I thought you were about to. It's a uh, one way flow, right? I thought you were about to shock me and be like, "Well, it was the PGA Tour that wanted." Is it what? Hey, before we get into our picks, I want to do a quick shout out for our local ties in the Corn Ferry event this week in Colorado. Uh, one Quade Cummins is one shot back. Nice. Okay. Round three just getting underway, so former Sooner. And then just a few shots below that, we've got Patrick Welsh. So some local ties, you know, playing really well. I mean, Quaid hits it so far. I can't imagine how far he'd hit it up there in, the, in that uh, air in Colorado. So, it, But good luck to those guys this weekend. Unfortunately, our guy Creel missed a cut by one shot. Oh, man. So anyway, Brutal. all right, picks. I guess you want me to go first. You I, have the honors, my friend. Hey, I if I were you, I would have uh, if I I would have said you go first. But hey, you know, I know who I'm going to give you, but I'm going to take Rom. Oh man! <laughs> All right, well then here I'm, we go. I'm going to Rory. have to take Rory McIlroy. Okay, well who's your next pick? You get two. Yeah, I get to go back to back here. Yeah. So uh, I will then. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. I'm going to take Cam Smith, the defending champion. Well, that is a curveball because I was not expecting that. Um, well, that leaves me no choice but to take uh, world number one Scotty Scheffler. And you and, get to draft again. Oh, boy. Uh, how can I not take Brooks Kepka? I'm with you. Yeah, that's, I mean, it would seem to be a good pick. I will uh, – let's see here. I've got a lot of options on the board. I think Ricky Fowler's playing too good right now for me not to take him in an open championship. So, I will uh, I will add Ricky Fowler to my team. And then, let's see here, all sorts of options on the board. I know you want Justin Thomas. You're, you're itchy. I, I, no, I'm not going to take him. I just oh. don't think he's playing that good right now. Okay, let's expand this to five. There's still so many good players out there. Okay, well then – because he's playing well this week and he's got to win one of these eventually, right? Tommy Fleetwood, bring him on down. I knew it. Sucker. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, he's a good pick. He's going to win eventually uh, somewhere. All right. I am not going to fall into the Jordan Spieth melee. I'm going DJ and Taylor Gooch. There you go. I love it. And just for the uh, – just for the – enjoyment for us and the drama around it. I'll take Mickelson, even though I really don't think that he would be my fifth pick. I thought you were going to go hobbling on me, but hey, I would, That'd love, be a better pick. I would love for the story in it to see... Matter of fact, change my pick to Hovland. I, okay. I want to take Mickelson, but it's it's better to take Hovland. Hey, but we can both agree the best story would be Hovland, or uh, Phil Mickelson oh, winning. Oh, absolutely. How about Phil Mickelson taking down Rory on the last day? How I good love would it. that be? I, I'm here for it. And uh, that's it for us. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. We'll be talking Open Championship. So long, everybody.